Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Silberch Ranch here at Silberch Ranch. Uh, that's pretty profound, right? Yep. Um, and uh, we just hang out. This is Younger and Older. And, and we're we... also on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Yes, here. which is a one-year Bible college that uh, we get students that come and join us for a year. That part, they do classes part of the time, which transfers as college credit um, to a lot of different schools. Yep. And then part of the time they dive in and do camping ministry with us and learn how to serve, learn how to the ins and outs of, of ministry in general and serving, but within the context of camping ministry here. Yeah. And it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. If you're a young person, I encourage you to check out the Nicolay Bible Institute. Go online. It's nicolaybibleinstitute.org. Yes. One word. N-I-C-O-L-E-T. It's French. So Nicolette. Nicolette. So Nicolette. go look it up. And I hope you could join us. This year, we have a, a very international flair because we have one young lady from Venezuela yes, who grew up there. We have one young man from Mexico. That's right. And uh, really from all over the country, the other students. So it's, it's kind of from all over the place. Right. So no matter where you're from, I think it would be wise for you to spend time investing and in learning the Bible and learning how to serve other people. And that's what Nicolay Bible Institute's all about. So that's I right. want to invite you personally to come and meet Jason and I and come here and spend a year in school. And uh, we will work with you and in- encourage you. And if you sign up before spring, before May, you'll get 500 bucks off your tuition. 500 bucks is mega. Yeah, that's pretty good. I only shot one buck. Well, there, there you go. And you get 500 of them. 500 of them. Imagine that. So We're I- talking two languages here. That's okay. That's right. People are not sure what I'm that sure. Means. I'm sure there's a few eye rolls out there right you're now. You're sure? You're it's sure? Like, I'm sure there's eye rolls, especially <laughs> from those people who actually tracked with us and know what we're saying and listened to the last episode. So if you haven't listened to it, go back to, uh, where, where do they find this? Silverstranch.org. So there you, you can go. head over to our site and, and you can download our podcast, listen to them. Or I'm pretty sure with Younger and Older, you can go to any podcasting site. Uh, you can. You can go to, if you want to take something to. down, you can go to podbean.com and type in Younger and Older. That's right. And it'll, it'll be there as well. Last week we were talking about the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy and kind of sharing Younger Older right there. That's on, right. And so I encourage you, if you're younger, go to Second Timothy and read it, thinking that Grandpa's sharing with you. If you're older, go to Second Timothy and read it and think about your responsibility to share what you know with other people. Mm-hmm. Either way, yeah, you can look at it. And we, we were talking about verses, verse 3, where just the Apostle Paul was saying, I really thank God for Timothy. I thank God for my heritage. He's looking at a line there. Then he goes on to say, As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when you look at this, he's really, um, until the sixth verse, he's working on heritage. Yeah. I want to encourage you, you know, you, Jason, as a young man, understand the importance of heritage with your boys. You've got three sons, and the importance of, of, of demonstrating to them the, the, the life of one who loves God, serves God, dies to themselves, and passing that on to the next generation and, and get them excited about those aspects of life. Yeah, And uh, I, I'm not sure all of us parents understand the importance of heritage hmm. and passing that on right you know to the next generation and it's it's a key thing that we see all over scripture right you know is that the passing it on to the next generation you know the generational you yep. know language that's used all over scripture you know yep. now i've said this before but i'll, I'll say it again 
I, I, I really think that what happened for many years is that Christian homes started to have dedicated time for like devotions and that kind of thing, mm. which isn't evil. Right. But I think what it does is it breaks up the idea that your spiritual life is not necessarily connected to everything else. It so kind of segregates it. It does. You know, I mean, I even felt that as a kid a little bit, you know, because you have like church. Right. You have youth group. Right. Bible study. Yep. You know, but then outside of that, it's like, oh, I'm going to hang out with my friends. Yeah. You know, and, and not that I, you know, but that I could definitely see that, you know, and I think more so. Yeah. Um, you and, see that. and I grew up, you know, really, I think, having our faith and our, our service very integrated because my dad was a pastor. So yep. everything we did revolved around something at church or camp or so we were always involved in that yeah and i thought you know what i i think for me the model a parent should take is making the conversation about god about their relationship with god normal mm, yeah just make it normal it, you say well should we have official times of devotions uh, well you could but why not when you sit down at supper why not just share what you read today and what you're thinking about while you're eating and pass the beans in between and you know i mean why not make it a normal part of life mm -hmm. so that your kids grow up thinking it's pretty normal to walk with god it's pretty mm -hmm. normal to love him and then as you have a great marriage your kids will see the contrast in other homes and say i, I don't want that mm -hmm. you know my parents got something here because every child of growth where they start ex exploring how yeah. things are done outside of their family. Right. And so what you want to do is give them the absolute best model that's possible mm -hmm. so that when they've explored all the other models, yeah, they come back and say, you guys knew something. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to do. Yep. So, and that's what's going on here to verse 6. Then 6 says, this verse is extremely important to me as an old guy when I, when I think of our Nicolay Bible students, when I think guys like you, Jason, or or guys like Ethan on our staff or others who are younger. Yeah. It says, for this reason, I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. What, what the Apostle Paul is saying, you know what? Uh, we've recognized you as gifted. Mm -hmm. Use it. Yeah. You know, use the gift. And, and you know, here at Silver Birch Ranch, Nicolay Bible Institute, we really strive at trying to figure out how to put people where they'll succeed, mm -hmm. their giftedness. Yeah. You know, as we talk about staff, we talk about job descriptions, and when we talk about things, there's a constant, uh, sometimes, adjustment mm -hmm. as we look at the giftedness of the individual. Right. Saying, well, really what we have to do is unlock that giftedness. Mm-hmm. So if you're a young person listening today, I want you to understand that God understood how he made you. He made you intentionally the way you are. You might be somebody who's artistic or musical or, or very detail-oriented or all the above. I have no idea. And God made you that way, and that's the gifts that he will use down the road. Yeah. And they'll be inadequate without all the other gifted part of the body. They're, you know, you're going to be a knuckle and you're going to need a knee and an elbow and a, and a shoulder, and they're all going to be gifted different. And your job is to make sure that everybody's that that you come in contact with is excited about how God made them and is discovering that giftedness so they could use it for the, 
for their life and be fulfilled because God made you that way. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the great questions I like to ask young people is if, if you could do anything in the world for nothing, not get paid, you would just do it, and all your needs would be met the rest of your life. You know, what would you do? Yeah. Uh, it used to be that people had dreams like that, but most today don't. Yeah. And those that do often say things that are almost embarrassing. You know, mm. I'd sit on a beach, right. you know, do that kind of thing. It's like, really? You're yeah. not going to be fulfilled just sitting on a beach. It gets old after a while. Yeah, you're not. I yeah. mean, it's not that that's an evil thing to want to sit on a beach. Right. Want, but, but and that's coming from somebody that enjoys doing yeah. that on vacation. Yeah. But we go there for a week and a half or two, and it's like, all right, I'm ready to, Yeah. you know, there's only so much you could do sitting around or. <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, my wife and I love downhill skiing. We go four days out to the mountains. And, and after prob- that, we're ready to go home. Yeah, absolutely. You and, get your fill and you're done. Yeah, it's not that that's evil. It's just, you know what? And and we talk to people all the time on the lift. Yeah. Because it's, it's gondolas to go up. And, and we talk to them. And there's people, that's all they do. That's what they live for. And they, they're telling us, I'm skiing my 100th day today. And it's like, well, good for you. But it's like, that's all you do. That's yeah. what you live for. Right. You know, it's like, well, I, you know, I, it, skiing isn't evil. You're not causing, I, I understand that. But see, God made us with these gifts and these talents and these abilities to do something where we can actually impact the world. It's really not about Dave Wager and my pleasure. Mm. It's really about using what God's given me to show the world who God is. The Apostle Paul did that. Yeah. Think of his, you know, the Apostle Paul used to be Saul. He used to persecute He understood religion. Yeah. And he was real religious. So when he came to Christ on the road to Damascus, he also understood how bad he was because mm-hmm. he had tried to murder the people, tried to persecute the people that loved God. And he understood, how could God ever forgive me and love me? Mm. So now you go read his writing. He talks about mercy and grace like no other author in the Bible. Right. It's amazing how he focuses on mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. Not only that, he was gifted in his communication, both with the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people. And because of all of the giftedness that God gave the Apostle Paul, who was Saul at one time, this giftedness was being now used. Yeah. And I don't care who's listening. You are gifted. Your children, Jason, when you talk to them, um, one of the, th- the habits I've tried to get into is old guys to look at young children like that and immediately ask God, you know, what way do they need to go? Yeah. Which, what, what way are they bent? What do they develop? What do they need to develop? Mm-hmm. And uh, I may not even be aware of what needs to go on today with them because God's developing them for the next maybe 60 years. Mm-hmm. And it may be that they have to learn this today. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. But as a parent, I encourage you to always be looking at your children through the lens of wow god gifted them Mm -hmm. and you do know that some of the gifts that kids have can feel like they're not gifts yeah yeah energy being one of them that's right (laughs) i got three of those yeah i remember as i taught fifth grade uh, parents would come in and they go oh my child you know they're 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 uh, trouble they're trouble and i would look and go how well you know my my child suffers from ADD, you know, mm-hmm. they go, really, that's a gift. And they would look at me and they would always pause like, 
what is your problem? You're a young teacher. You must. Now I said, do you, do you know, do you even know what that is? Mm -hmm. Do you know, do you know how the mind works with somebody like that? I said, you're talking to the one who originated the disease. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and they yeah. all look at me like, really? Uh -huh. No, but I, I, they didn't have a name for it when I was a kid. Yeah. I was a terrible student. I was always daydreaming. I was always thinking about the next thing. I, I was a teacher's nightmare, I'm sure. Right. But I found that my mind just travels 100 miles an hour. And once you said it, I don't want you to say it again because I'm done with that. Mm -hmm. And I got bored. Mm. And, and when I realized that as a teacher, I saw these young men that came into my class. And I realized, you know what? They're acting bored. Yeah. It, I don't want to take their giftedness away from them. Mm -hmm. I got to figure out how to grab their attention. Right. And it's not going to be from telling them this math problem eight times in eight different ways because they got it on try one. Yeah. And now the rest of the time they're trying to figure out what to do with their brain. Mm -hmm. What's really interesting is if you look through the lens of every child having a giftedness rather than this is a pain because this needs developing. Right. You know, every, everybody needs developing. It's not, that's not a problem. The problem is when you and I want everybody to just be easy around us so that we don't have to deal with their issues. Mm -hmm. A child who has energy, that energy is a gift. Yeah. Don't try and stuff that so they don't have it. Just try and figure out how to direct it yeah. and how to help them direct it because all their life they're going to have this problem with energy if you want to call it a problem or they're gonna be gifted with energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, you and I know here at camp, we get a young person up here with energy. Oh yeah. It's, it's like, man, I want that guy in my crew. Yeah, we got a lot of people with energy up here. Yeah, and uh, all we have to do as older guys is direct it. Yes, yep. And once they find out how to direct it, great things can happen, mm -hmm. you know? And, and examples of that, we talked about hunting in the last episode. I mean, somebody loves going outside, take them hunting. Mm -hmm. They like going outside, your kids like fishing. Oh yeah. Take yep. them out fishing. You know, yep. I mean, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. You don't just say, oh, man, what a bother. Mm -hmm. No, develop it. Yeah. And down the road, you'll, you, you'll see what happens. The, the fun thing is, as people get older and they come back and talk to me, there's several that, that will come back and say, you know, w while I was around, you said this and you had me do this. And that freed me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm out there doing that. And I said, yeah, that's who you were. Mm -hmm. It's not like I did anything. Right. You know, you just need to understand that you're gifted. When, when I played football in college, my, my coach, at the end, I asked him why he recruited me. And his, his statement was very, because I didn't think I was that. It's, it's like me telling you I'm a good hunter, and here's why. When I know it was a, <laughs> when I know it was a lucky shot. And, That's right. You know, I mean, so I can tell you all I want that I knew what I was doing. And I, in the book, did. But it didn't happen that way when I shot. Um, but the coach basically said, because you had the qualities that we couldn't teach. Mm. Yep. And I never forgot that from college, that a coach who was trying to recruit a winning team was trying to find people to recruit that had the qualities that they couldn't teach. Mm -hmm. Because they said, we could teach you the other stuff. That isn't a hard thing to do. Right. And, I've, I, and it's just shaped how I think about education. When I look at your kids, that's what I think. I think about... You know, I see some young person going nuts in a family, in a store, and I'm thinking, my first thought, believe it or not, is they're gifted that way. Mm -hmm. 
but mom and dad don't recognize it in this place here, they're not going to like that being displayed here. That giftedness. Yeah, not right now. Yeah. I mean, there is appropriateness to, to giftedness. There is. Yes. I mean, if you're extremely strong, you shouldn't be, you know, breaking things in a store or something. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that isn't what you do. So I, there's always the teaching of appropriateness. But I think if you would start, if you start, like you and your wife start, when, it, when the kids are doing something, you think, okay, they're obviously gifted with something. Mm -hmm. What is it? Yeah. And how can I help develop it and not squelch it, even though it's somewhat inconvenient, whatever they're gifted at? Yeah. Um, and the other thing is every child, what the Apostle Paul's doing here is laying out the idea that God's plan is, is bigger than us. It's not us. There's a plan, and it's historical, and it's there, and it's going to be fulfilled, and you can be part of it. But it's really not about you. Mm -hmm. It's about God. Yeah. And uh, every parent knows that their children keep making everything about them. Right. Well, it's not even just children nowadays. Right. You look at our culture, and it's all about us. Yep. You know, it's, it's almost a... The minority of things when you when you're not doing things for your own sake in mind yeah and without god they might ask you why do it for any other reason yeah if this doesn't do something i want it to for me why should i do it mm -hmm. where when you love god it's totally opposite it's like okay god what did you how did you make me how am i supposed to use this for others right so you see a contrast there. Right. And even for somebody, I would argue that even for somebody who doesn't believe in God, if they were to put others first, that they would see this, even the, the difference in satisfaction. Right. In the, through the joy of other people. Yep. You know, there's something about the way that God created us in relationship that when we live in relationship with other people and put other people first, there's a more fulfillment in satisfaction because that's how he's designed us to be. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Well, my daughter, she went. One of my daughters went away for a couple of years to another uh, Central American country, and and I was just talking to her before she left, and she was asking, you know, how do you get along with people? You don't even speak their language. You don't. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't know. However, here's what I do know: what you really need to do in life is show genuine interest in the other person. Yeah. And if you do that, you'll have more friends than you will ever be able to count. Yeah. And I'm not talking about you showing interest so you can use that person for your own benefit. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you show an interest because you care about that person. Yeah. You may walk away, never see him again, you know, that kind of thing. But you, there, was a, there was a guy years ago, and he put, he was a builder, and he put something in my house, and I hadn't seen him for years. And then I saw him, I, I can't remember, now, a year ago, it's probably more than that, I can't remember. And uh, we were just, I was just chit-chatting. He goes, you know, I got to tell you something. I said, uh, okay. He said, you know, when I, you really challenged me when I was at your house. Mm -hmm. I said, how? You were working, you know, I was a construction guy working on something. I said, how? He goes, I, I made a mistake. And you knew it. You pointed it out to me. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I remember. He said, yeah, but all you said was, well, I'll just go get some trim and fix it. Then you went on. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah. Well, I know you didn't mean it. I, I understand, you know, that, that this was a mistake. You admitted it right away. What else are you going to do? Right. He said, yeah, but you don't understand. I, 
I've been yelled at so many times and, and people, and you just handled it totally different. I thought, you know, y- you don't know what God is doing through your life, mm-hmm. but it's never okay to, to beat somebody up and go after them and say, what are you doing? You don't know what you... Nobody does things wrong on purpose. Right. They don't do that. So when you look at even children that are doing things wrong, that, it's not like your children get up in the morning and say, I'm going to see how many wrong things I can do today. Mm-hmm. They don't do that, even when they repeat the same thing over and over again, right. which seems to be something that happens. It's not like they get up and say, I'm going to repeat this. They actually think there's going to be a different outcome mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. And when the different outcome doesn't happen, one day they'll say, there's no different outcome to this. i got to change what I do. Right. And and so it's it's a matter of us always looking at them saying, okay, you know, if somebody does the same thing and they're saying, I'm going to do this till I get my way, you know what I see their giftedness as? Those people can be tenacious. They can hang on to something. Yeah. Now, i got to figure that out down the road, how to help them develop that. But when they put their mind to something, they're going to hang with it. Mm-hmm. And, and I need to see that as giftedness rather than a pain. Yeah. Because if you see it as a pain, you'll do everything you can to break their will. Mm. Rather than think of it through the educational lens, um, you know, like let's say a, a child, you know, does something over and over again. It, it, well, all I'm going to do as a parent is I'm going to make sure they understand that that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, I make sure no one else gets hurt or whatever else might be. But I'm going to also make sure they understand it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they're going to go, it doesn't work. Right. Yep. I don't want to take the skill away from them of tenacity, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want them to continue to do use their tenacity for evil. Yeah. You know, and they're too young to understand that I'm just making that distinguish. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You're just trying to coach them along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, down the road they might, but mm-hmm. imagine if somebody, we could call it, the, the negative side of that tenacity is stubbornness. Mm. It depends on what word you want to use. It's true. I would personally use tenacity. And I'm sure every parent has a tenacious child at some point. It, absolutely. And you know what? I understand. I'm not even judging if you use the word stubborn. I've used it myself. I, I've even been accused of being stubborn. So I understand that. The, the truth is, though, that there are some people that once they decide to do something. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. Yep. And that's not evil if it's used for right. For good, right. Go check out all the apostles and the people who did it right, Stephen, you said, well, he got stoned. He did it right. Mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, they resolved in their heart not to do wrong. See, yeah. Right in the beginning of Daniel, they said that. <laughs> and so these guys had it in their heart to stay tough. Mm-hmm. Now, can you imagine if somebody beat that out of them when they were young? Mm. And said, no, that's evil. Why? Because you inconvenienced me. Because right now you don't know what you should stay tough on, and you're staying tough on things you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I know. Just recognize appropriateness, I agree, but don't take the giftedness away in the process. If a young person has energy, I would beg you not to medicate them to keep them from having energy. Mm. Yeah, I would rather ask you if you would use their energy in life and ask God how you can help them direct that and learn how to use it rather than medicate them all their life to try and figure out how to let them fit more calmly into situation yeah i'm not saying that if you know i obviously i'm not a medical person i'm a i'm a dad right older dad 
and I'm a teacher who has, and, and I do have very much experience teaching young people who are getting some kind of special treatment for the school. In fact, I, we had five fifth grades in our school, and I got every young person in that yeah. school that had a special need of any kind. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you even see some, you know, some of those tendencies, even as you continue to teach Nicolay Bible Institute. Oh, absolutely. Here. You know, so it's not something that is just in children. It's something that I think um, as you grow up, if you don't, you know, address it in a certain way, it's just, it's it, like you said, it, it's, it's something of who you are. Yeah. And so it's just learning, all right, knowing that, that I, I, I have this, how do I take advantage of it in yeah. a way that's positive? Yeah. Well, I, I can use reading for an example. That it, some people, are, their minds work really fast, and everybody's mind can work fast. So when you listen to something, I usually tell them, listen to it on double speed if you can, you know, that kind of thing. It helps them. But, but even reading, there's some things that you can teach somebody whose mind wanders too much to read more efficiently. Mm. There, there's ways to do that. Rather than just say, well, I don't know, just read and make sure you understand it. No, right. that doesn't help somebody whose mind is working 100 miles an hour, and by the time they read the page, they can't remember what they just read. <laughs> I'm sure there's listeners out there that can totally relate. Yeah. So there's different ways that you got to help. Now, there's others. When I suggest different ways for these guys to read that say, that's cheating. It's like, oh, stop it. Right. You know, I know what your gift is. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to know every word. You're going to devour it. You're going to. I understand that. I'm not going to try and stop you from doing that. Right. What I'm trying to do is get this person to be successful in the context of who they are. I want them to know the information too, but they're going to learn it differently than you. Yeah. So we have to figure out a way to help them because what they've been what's happened to them is they've been put into a normal educational system that is made for everybody. <laughs> and when you have a system made for everybody, if I've got 25 students in my class, then I've got to have a middle line somewhere, and I tell everybody that's what you got to do so, so I can make it to the end of the day. Yeah. And I'm not sure that's the best system mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really harder, I will admit, it's much harder to recognize these individual giftednesses mm -hmm. and start figuring out how you can work with them. I had a rule as a teacher, and I would encourage you as parents to have the same rule, there are no bad students, only bad teachers. Mm. And that's because if I wasn't getting through to that student yet, I, I just kept going back to my desk thinking, what do I have to do? What mm. do I have to do? Because I'm not reaching them yet. I'm totally losing at this point. I can't communicate at all. Yeah. What do I have to do differently? Right. And I think if parents would do that rather than making the kid the problem, you know, kids are kids. And, yeah. and they're going to have great days and bad days. But... You know, it, now as a student, by the way, just for accountability's sake, as I got older and I was a student, I made a different rule that said there are no bad teachers, only bad students. In other words, I, I kept putting it on my responsibility. Oh, right, right, right. It's different depending on the stage of life that exactly. you're in. Exactly. Right, and, and I think students need to understand they're responsible for learning. Teachers need to understand they're responsible for teaching. And if those two things aren't taking place, Okay, get responsible. Yeah. And and likewise, parent, you put yourself in either one of those. Right. And and all of it takes intentionality. Yep. You know, and it's all relationship-based because the easy option is just to try to ignore it because it doesn't take as much work. Yep. But when you look at all these different scenarios, it takes a little bit more effort. Yeah. You know, whether it's on the parent side of things or even on the student side of things. And so I would encourage you to take a step into that. 
um, because then you open up yourself to be used by God in so many different ways. But unfortunately, we're out of time here on Younger and Older. I encourage you to head over to silbertranch.org where you can check out this podcast and others and even give it a re-listen or share it with a friend or neighbor or whatever you need to do. But for now, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.